Hi again. In my last podcast, I told you about the long and winding road of my education and job life. However, right in the middle of the recording of the message, I suddenly realized I'd left out an important detail and rather hesitate in the talk, I kept going and decided to leave this detail for a whole separate podcast. And so here it is. It's about my nightmare job. What's the worst job that you've ever had? Or have you never had a bad job? Did you ever have a job that put you in physical danger, threatened your health or made you feel totally miserable? I think most of us have had some sort of job like this at some stage of our lives. Well, I thought I would tell you about the worst job I ever had. I was a student at the time studying at tech for my biological technician certificate. I was in my first year really loving the course and doing well. One of the teachers in our lab sessions noticed me and offered me a job in his department at an important women's hospital in Sydney. I was delighted and started work the following week. As my boss, he told me that I would be taking blood from patients and doing pathology tests in the lab. I said that I'd never taken blood before and he said not to worry, that he'd teach me and I would practice on an orange because that is similar to how human skin feels when you pass a needle through it. Then on the first day at work with my fresh new white uniform and white shoes, I followed my boss around the wards with his little blood collection bag full of syringes of different sizes, tourniquets and other gadgets I wasn't familiar with, plus a long list of patients who needed their blood tested. We went into the first room and I watched as my boss took the patient's blood. Then we left the room and out in the hospital corridor, the boss turned to me, handed me the blood collection bag and the list of patients and said, okay, off you go. Come back when you've taken the blood from all these patients. I started seeing stars. I felt dizzy. Everything went purple and I had to sit down because I was about to faint in terror. He left me and not even knowing my way around the rabbit warren of this hospital, I proceeded to find my first patient. I couldn't admit to this first innocent victim that I'd never taken blood before. I had to pretend that I was experienced so as to keep the patient at her ease. I put the tourniquet around her arm and took out a needle and syringe. I pushed the needle through her skin and pulled back the plunger. Blood appeared inside the barrel and I succeeded on my first go in taking blood. An absolute fluke, sheer good luck. I carried on from patient to patient, sometimes being successful in drawing blood and sometimes not. When I failed to get blood, I felt terrible for the patient and disappointed in myself that there was a skill to this task that I didn't have. I returned to the pathology department feeling terrible that I hadn't done my job perfectly and then 
was put to work on other tasks involving biochemical testing. Over the next few weeks, I had to do this same dreaded routine every morning, going out around the wards, taking blood, sometimes successfully and sometimes not, and then back to the lab to perform pathology tests. I did enjoy doing the pathology tests, but the blood taking was a nightmare. I never gained confidence in taking blood, as I feel I lacked the training to know exactly what to do and I was petrified of failing to get into a vein and not being able to fulfil my task. At lunchtime, there was a staff canteen and I went with a couple of other members of pathology, hoping to have some friendly talk and get to know them better. At least this would be a relief from the tension I was feeling around the wards. We sat down and they immediately pulled out their books. They ate and read, ate and read, and never talked to each other. When I tried to make conversation, they just kept reading. None of the staff seemed at all friendly. After a while, I was sent to the newborn baby's ward to take blood with a little needle prick to their heels. Usually the babies would sleep through the process, but occasionally a baby would get a big shock and scream. I was assigned to do the famous PKU tests for the babies, a test which detects phenyl ketonuria. All babies have this test done at birth, and although a reasonably rare condition, if it's not picked up early and treated with a, a lifelong special diet, the child develops brain damage. I enjoyed doing these tests, but I still had to do the rounds of the wards each morning to take blood from the adults, and I was always on tenterhooks. A few more weeks passed, and I was assigned to testing women for urinary estriol. This test was quite complex and took most of the day to do, but I enjoyed doing it. However, there was one big problem. Part of the test involved the use of chloroform, a dangerous chemical. I'm not scared of using dangerous chemicals. I've used radioactive materials in other jobs, as well as handling other very toxic substances. But as long as you do the right thing and take proper safety precautions, there is no need to worry. My boss, however, didn't provide the proper safety equipment. I had to suck volatile chloroform along with its fumes into a glass pipette and I could taste the sweetness of the chloroform as the fumes entered my mouth. I asked the boss if I could please have a safety bulb. He said they didn't have one in the lab, which is outrageous. How could a lab not have such a simple safety device? He said, don't worry, just take some rubber tubing and place some cotton wool in the end of it. Now, this might stop the technician accidentally swallowing the chloroform, but it did nothing to stop the fumes from entering my mouth, which I then had to swallow. They became liquid in my mouth and I had to swallow them. After a few days of this, I started to get headaches. At one part of the test, I had to aspirate a solution for an hour and I was breathing even more chloroform into my system. I told the boss this and he provided me with a gas mask 
but the headaches continued. Now, if you'd like to know the details of what chloroform does to you, this is it. If inhaled or swallowed, and I'd been doing both, it is harmful to the eyes, skin, liver, kidneys, brain, and nervous system. Exposure to chloroform may also cause cancer. My final exams for the first year of my course were coming up, and one Sunday afternoon while revising, I suddenly felt that I just couldn't go on. I had no energy to study. I had a continuous headache. I felt sick, and my skin had started to turn yellow. I told my father, who was a doctor, and he diagnosed hepatitis. For some strange reason, I was young at the time. I hadn't mentioned to him about the test with chloroform I had been doing every day at work. I did tell him, however, that I had been taking blood from a patient with hepatitis. I had also been taking blood from another patient with glandular fever. The following day, all the glands throughout my body swelled up and I thought that along with the hepatitis, I must also have caught glandular fever. But for some reason, I didn't blame the chloroform or the bad boss who had been putting my health and safety at risk on a daily basis. I was too young to think of claiming workers' compensation. I didn't even really know what such a thing was. And rather than tell Dad what the boss had been expecting me to do with a dangerous chemical every day, I just assumed I had caught hepatitis and glandular fever from the two sick patients. In fact, what I was undergoing was very severe and acute chloroform poisoning. I missed my first year exams, but luckily Tech gave me an assessment from the work I'd done throughout the year, and they passed me in into the second year. Meanwhile, I developed meningitis, the inflammation of the brain, continued to be jaundiced from liver damage, and my glands remained swollen as my immune system tried desperately to protect me from the terrible consequences of toxicity. I took painkillers for my headaches, even strong painkillers, but they did nothing. I came home to live with my parents as I needed to be cared for. I ate very little and stayed in bed for a whole month. The hospital kept ringing me to ask when I was coming back to work and because I still hadn't explained uh, to my mother about the chloroform, she just kept telling them that I had glandular fever. My parents and I assumed I had caught something from taking blood from the patients. Maybe I didn't think about telling my parents about the chloroform because my brain had been so badly affected that I just wasn't thinking clearly. Looking back, it all seems so logical and obvious now, but chloroform poisoning never entered my head back then. Anyway, after a month of being in bed with continuous headaches and jaundice, my boss sacked me. And I was glad. I never wanted to go back to that horrible place ever again. As for the boss, he should have been taken before a court and sued for failing to perform his duty of care towards a member of st the staff. And I should have received workers' compensation. 
Over a period of about three months, I slowly recovered from the acute poisoning, finally got my strength back and found a much happier job in a far happier place with the genetics department at Sydney University, where I learnt to sex flies, collect virgins, make different crosses of flies and examine their offspring. I sometimes think back at that nightmare job at the hospital, wonder if my liver, kidneys and brain still carry the scars of that terrible onslaught, or whether I have made a full recovery. Really and truly, it was the worst job I ever had a nightmare of a job. Thank you.